What's up, Rasa? Welcome to the Chicano Mundo Podcast. I am your host, Sigi Jimenez. This week's episode is going to be a heavy one. This episode is going to revolve around the Mandrero versus Quilligan case in which 10 Mexican women took the hospital to court because they got their tubes tied without their consent and some were not even informed about the procedure. I first heard about this in a documentary that came out on PBS called No Mas Bebes, which you could rent out for $5.99 on Vimeo, and the most recent short film Para Rosa for Rosa, which is on HBO Max. And it's a sad and unfortunate story, and while researching into this, I went down a rabbit hole that made me sick to my stomach and made me really depressed with lots of what-the-fuck moments while looking into these articles. So hopefully I can share some information with you guys and you could learn a little something about, you know, our past. So let's get into it. So this case was brought into court in 1976 by Dolores Marjigal and nine other Mexican ladies with their lawyers Antonia Hernandez and Charles Navarrete, who all claimed that they had tubal ligations unknowingly and without their consent between 1971 and 1974 at USC LAC Medical Center. And Quilligan was the head director of the GYN department. And when they were going to court, a lot of these women testified. Uh, uh, one of the ladies, Jovita Rivers, testified that the doctors told me that I had too many children, that I was poor and a burden to the government, and I should sign papers not to have any more children. The doctors told me that my tubes can be untied at a later time, and I could still have children. Which is disturbing to hear. You're in labor about to bring in a beautiful baby into the world, you're in pain, you're in a very stressful situation, about to, you know, get a C-section, and you hear this from a doctor, a doctor that went to college and studied, like, ethical practice, but you're getting this racist-ass remark from him, it's beyond fucked up. And it didn't just happen to these 10 ladies. There was a long list of of people that went through this procedure and the whistleblower Dr. Bernard Rosenfield who was a young 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 resident at the hospital at that time documented everything 
and he reached out to a lot of civil civil rights people. And he got in touch with Antonia Hernandez, who, which is probably like a HIPAA violation because you're handing down a lot of medical information, personal medical information to somebody. But you know, uh, she and Antonia Hernandez would um, started going to these people's houses, and a lot of these ladies were not aware that they got the, their tubes tied. And had to find out this information from a stranger. A lot of them were in denial. And now they're, they are ashamed. Because in Mexican culture. If you get your tooth tied. You belong to the streets. You're a woman of the streets now. You can sleep with any man now. Because you can't get pregnant. And then. The husbands would. And some did flip out. So a lot of them stayed quiet about it. These were young, young women in their early 20s who had aspirations of having, you know, a big family. But now, since they got this procedure done, that dream is no longer there. And, you know, I could see the husband getting so angry because he had them plans too. And probably putting the blame on the, on the, on the ladies, which is not okay. So, you know, that's, that's a lot of them just stayed quiet about it. And it affected mostly those in like, you know, the east side of the city, lower middle class, you know, Mexican communities. And this story and situation is so complex and wild. I couldn't believe it. This is tied to some serious and dark history that is not taught anywhere. I wasn't aware of it until I looked into this shit. But state-ran sterilization programs were prevalent throughout the country from like the 1900s to the 1950s. There was like 32 states that passed, you know, this eugenics sterilizing law. And in 1909, California was one of the first. They were the third nation to pass this eugenics sterilization law. And they performed about 20,000 sterilizations under this. And the terms they used to deem someone eligible for the sterilizations were people who were feeble-minded, mentally unstable, disability, and unfit to care for children. And this affected the Mexican community because of the prejudice in different classes it made it possible for these procedures to be conducted on them. They can easily place them under these terms and conditions to, to sterilize them, especially if you're in the lower class community with stress and mental health and, you know, issues, anxiety, not being able to provide for your family. These eugenics programs are checking all the conditions off. No feeble minded is defined as deficient in intelligence, which is a broad definition, and it could easily be used on someone who don't have the same educational background of those who who is running the program. You know, you could check this off saying like, oh, this, this, these people don't know, these vatos don't know English, or they don't know that much. They're dumb. Let's check it off. Let's get them sterilized. And it's hard to find like actual numbers because how they documented things back then. They didn't really label like Latino, Latina. 
So the people that were researching had her just go by, you know, um, Latino last name, Latino name, something that will correlate with their, you know, to see if they're Latino or not. And these studies show between 1920 and 1940, 23% of, you know, Latino of Mexican descent were at a greater risk of sterilization compared to non-Latino people. And the most outrageous number that I've seen, 59% of Latinas were at greater risk of sterilization than non-Latinas, which is mind-blowing. Like, I can't even grasp. Like, this is... This is wild. And out of those 20 people, 20,000 people that were sterilized, Mexicans were disproportionately sterilized. And these graphs show a big increase in Mexicans being sterilized during the Mexican repatriation. So like in the 1930s, when, when they were deporting a lot of Mexicans to Mexico, they were also like doing sterilized procedures on the Mexicans. And I asked myself, what the fuck is going on? A conspiracy to eliminate Mexicans? Like, what? what is this? What is this? Is there more, like, more to this than just, you know, just fucked up people not really using their mind? Or is there, like, a like a bigger picture to eliminate, eliminate certain people? And the more I look into these, the, the more I get sad, the more I get angry. This, this shit should be taught in schools and it should be mandatory. It's a dark history, and I understand it can it can make lots of people uncomfortable. But come on, we gotta. This shit needs to be like widely taught. Yeah, I don't get it. Like I, I'm, I'm, I'm boggled by this shit. So let's just carry on before I just go on this rant. So, you know, um, and then back to the 1950s, they, they slowly, slowly started to dwindle away from these practices. I think like these eugenics programs were deemed, you know, unconstitutional and racist that they strayed away from it. And then you're coming into the 60s and 70s, laws were passed to make it easier for women to, to have procedures like tubal ligations. Um, they were passed because of the feminist movement that called for more control over their body. So birth control, abortion, tubal ligations were passed. Women were no longer needed. They no longer needed two doctor signatures, a psychiatric consultation to have these procedures, which is awesome news. It's their body, their choice. They do what they do. But on the tail end of this, many color, many women of color, like those of Mexican descent who wanted to have large families, were denied that through these relaxed laws. They were coerced into signing these documents under stress and labor at USC, LAC, compared to those on the West Side where they would talk about those procedure way before the birth date. So, you know, in a calm situation, relaxed setting, probably a happy setting with the dad right next to them and their private doctor talking to them, talking about him, talking to them about these procedures. And 
the you know in the 70s the chicanas they were fighting for tougher laws and protocols which did not sit well for the middle class feminist movement because they just fought for easier access to this then you have you but then you have these these chicanas fighting for for stricter laws because for Mexican women who don't know English that well and doesn't know about the procedure is being forced to sign papers under under labor, which is not okay. It's a violation of human rights. It's a violation of women's right. And it's cynical. It's, it's, it's hard not to swing towards the idea that, that someone wants to keep the population growth low for people of color in a nonchalant way of doing things, of doing it. And then you have doctors in the department making racist remarks, saying shit like that all they do is have lots of babies and so on. It's wild, and I wish I could have the lawyer or Dr. Bernard Rosenfield or one of the ladies here to do an interview to get their point of view so I can get a greater grasp on this. But, you know, going back to the case, the 10 women who filed the lawsuit lost the case. The judge sided with the hospital claiming that it was the woman's fault for not understanding the procedure and a communication factor on their part who who should carry the blame. Quilligan and the hospital beat the case and from the documentary that I seen, the Nomas Bebes, it shows it looks like he has no remorse. And he claims he didn't know what was going on in his redis in his in his department, which is like, okay, you're the head of the department and you don't know what the fuck is going on. Who who are you kidding? And the hospital, to my knowledge, has not apl- apologized either. And I guess the only good thing that we could take from this unfortunate event are the laws that were passed. Laws that require documents to be printed in English and Spanish, and the person can easily understand it, and they need if they need an interpreter present, they can get one for them. Um, no signing any documents while in labor, and give thirty days after birth to this, to decide if they want to go through with the pr- procedure. They had to go through this. For those in the future won't have to. A unwanted and unknown sacrifice on their part. And to those who went through it. I am deeply sorry for these events that happened to you. And I am saddened by this. I cried. I got discouraged. Embarrassed by the eugenics program of my country. This made me feel un-American. And we have to strive to be better. And to be better is to tell this history. Because not only were Mexicans affected by this, blacks and natives were disproportionately affected by this. Even some immigrants from Europe made the same, met the same fate. Um, until the next time, this is the Chicano Mundo podcast. I'm streaming on most podcast platforms and and I'm on Twitter, IG, and Facebook under Chicano Mundo. I'll see you guys a rato.
You're just my typeface, comic sense of all the fun. The way you simile like a brightly burning sun.